Hi, I'm Shay, and welcome to Kombucha and Color. Kombucha and Color is a weekly podcast hosted by me, Shay Dyer, a yoga teacher and creative graphic designer, and Anna Marsh, a functional medicine practitioner and women's health coach with a love of all things health and fitness. This podcast is here to inspire women to embrace health and live life bright. You can find more about me, Shay, at shaydyer.com. You can find out more about me, Anna, at annamarshnutrition.co.uk. And each week we will be bringing you inspiring content for a healthier and happier mind, body, heart, and soul. Now onto the show. Hi, it's Anna. Ever since I was a child, I wanted to study the power that food can have on our health. When I started practicing as a nutritional therapist a decade ago, I realized that what is just as important is the relationship that we have with food. This is very often a mirror for the relationship we have with ourselves. Through my own personal journey and health challenges, I was forced to dig deeper and understand things that go beyond just our physical bodies. I learned the importance of working with the whole person to create a balanced body, mind, heart, and soul. I'm now passionate about using my diverse toolbox to help women slow down, take better care of themselves, and ultimately cultivate a life which is a reflection of self-love. If you feel like this is speaking to you, I created a 43-page guide nine steps to love, nourish, and connect with your body to create an energized life with a happy heart and soul. You can download it for free and join my Grounded Goddess community for even more inspiration by visiting groundedgoddess.co.uk forward slash nine, the number, hyphen steps. That's groundedgoddess.co.uk forward slash nine, the number, hyphen steps, S-T-E-P-S. I'm looking forward to seeing you in the community. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Kombucha and Color. And today I'm really excited to bring a special guest to the show. It's just me today with Georgia Leonard. And Georgia is a nutritional therapist and personal trainer in London. We actually know each other from South Africa. We both went to the same university, which was Rhodes University, and we both did the same degree in human kinetics and ergonomics um, just a few years apart. And at the moment, obviously, Georgia's in London. She's done three years of nutrition studying, similar to myself, and um, she runs her own business, which is Beyond Balance Limited, which she runs with her husband, Simon. The reason why I wanted to get Georgia on the show was because I've been following her on Instagram. She shares a lot of great things on her Instagram account, and I'm sure we'll share that in the show notes and at the end. But from following her on Instagram, I learned that she was recently diagnosed with Hashimoto's, which is for those people who might not know an autoimmune thyroid condition. Through the experience I've had working with many women with thyroid conditions or maybe suspected thyroid conditions, this is actually just such a minefield. And it's quite difficult sometimes for people who have thyroid conditions to get the help and support they need. So I wanted to interview Georgia today just so she can share some of her personal story, but also really get the lowdown from a woman in the know when it comes to managing your health and um, specifically related to thyroid. So that was a very long-winded introduction, but welcome, <laughs> Georgia, to the show. Thank you, Anna. Thanks so much for having me. I, I think it's such a great honor and I think uh, podcasts are such a great way to be able to actually help people who might be going through the same situation. So today I really just want to empower women who um, might have been to their doctor, tried to get help because they're feeling like they've got thyroid symptoms and maybe were turned away or told they were within the normal range and they're just feeling quite frustrated. Or perhaps they're blaming themselves for how they feel and actually there is a problem that they need help for. So I just really want to empower women today. I know that you've got so much information to share because you sent me like a million emails with like all the details. I think sometimes it's just like you want to wrap your head around it. So do you want to begin just by telling everyone a little bit more about yourself and maybe just going into your story? Because I'm sure that there are going to be components of your personal story, which a lot of people will really resonate with. 
Okay, great. Yeah, so as you already kindly mentioned, I'm a nutritional therapist and personal trainer in London. I see most of my clients one-to-one. And I've been uh, balancing women's bodies physically for 10 years now and then added on the nutrition side of things in the last four years. And so that's helped me to help women to heal hormonal issues and digestive issues as well. And it's just been very incredible and powerful to see how things change when you add the two together. So, yeah, I, I try to embody what it is to be sort of a more of a real woman, um, mother, friend and partner. And businesswoman is always a lot to do for women. And I think I feel part of the reason why we actually have more incidences of autoimmune disease much more among women than men because we just there's a lot of pressure in a woman's life. I I think that's just my opinion. <laughs> but yeah, I try to be real because I think it's so easy to be safe and just pretend that everything's perfect. So yeah, I, I mainly believe little small changes in terms of nutrition and movement and mindset are really what make um, add up to big changes. And then I'm also an ambassador for Sweaty Betty and Neom Organics. So I have the honor of holding events and workshops with them quite a lot. And that gives me another platform to kind of spread information and, and help women. And this is my first podcast, actually. So thank you so much. And I'm very inspired by you and Shay. So thank you for that inspiration. So yeah, that's a bit more about me. I hope that wasn't too long. Of course not. And I think it'll probably be the first of many podcasts to come. Um, (laughs) So do you want to just dive straight into your story? Because you obviously sent me so many notes and I was reading through it before we jumped on today. And I really think that so many of the things you said are going to resonate with women in general, whether or not they have a thyroid condition. So do you want to jump right in and just go into that story that you have? Yes, of course. And actually, I also want to apologize for my coldy, sinusy voice. I've had a cold for coming up to three weeks now, and that is something that is very common with women who have thyroid disorders. And it has been quite frustrating for me because I used to fight off a cold within one to two days, and that's exactly what I expected to happen this time, and it hasn't. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, excuse the voice. This is not how I normally sound. Anyway, let's get into my story. So looking back, I always used to wonder why I was always so tired found it really hard to get out of bed even as a child so it definitely wasn't normal but for me that's always how I felt so I probably didn't realize there was a reason why and something was wrong anyway so in my 20s I ended up moving to London from South Africa after completing my degree in human and economics which you also did and I ended up sort of really struggling with extreme fatigue in London I used to go to Starbucks in the city in my lunch break and literally fall asleep in a chair. Um, I just sort of couldn't make it through the day. And I also started to develop intense anxiety. And I, I had always been anxious, so I didn't really know. I think it's very easy to not even realize that you have an anxiety problem. But anyway, it got a lot worse. And I was always really stressed out so all the time. And I used to kind of break into a full-on sweat every time I had a new client, PT client. I had just such low self-esteem. And this kind of stress and low um, esteem carried on for years and years. And I I didn't actually realize how much of a problem that was. And I do feel that that has really contributed to my health now. And then I did start to take better care of myself, so I was sort of, I was reading about nutrition and long before I became a nutritional therapist and I started to research things. So I did, I started to exercise better, more mindfully, not just doing intense things all the time. I started to build a bit more muscle, um, eat a lot more healthily and crucially to cut out wheat and dairy, which I know is quite, um, can be quite a taboo topic, but I'll explain more on this later on exactly why especially gluten in, in wheat, the protein found in wheat is a huge problem for people with thyroid disorders and especially Hashimoto's. So after making these changes, I started to have a lot less trouble getting up in the morning. I had a lot more energy in general. 
And by taking care of myself in this way, I was I was actually holding off a thyroid condition that I am predisposed to because it does run through women in my family. Um, but of course, I didn't know that. I didn't know that I was doing that. <laughs> and then I managed to do that for about four years on and off. Then when I fell pregnant, my eating habits unfortunately changed drastically because all the, the healthy foods I used to have made me feel very, very sick. There was also the fact that I really struggled with my pregnancy. It took a huge toll on my body, and I probably didn't realize that because I was building up to this Hashimoto's. And I, I do think that the Hashimoto's was really brought out in the pregnancy, and, and that does happen with a lot of women and postnatally as well. So little bits of wheat and dairy crept in here and there, and then after having my daughter in 2015, the thyroid condition, which I didn't know was a thyroid condition, really flared up. And I was depressed, anxious, out, suffered with digestive issues, such as constipation for the first time in my life. I had no idea what was going on. And I just actually just blamed it on being a new mother. And I just decided to accept that that was how it was. And that's probably what every woman went through. And I sort of said horrible negative things to myself, um, like stopping such a wimp and this is your fault and da, 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 which I think is really unhealthy, but that is what a lot of women do. And in the back of my mind, I think I knew it wasn't right, but I, I didn't know what to do about it. And I think I was in a lot of denial. So I, I sort of realized my friends and even my entity group, they just weren't struggling to the same degree. Yeah, I just think like taking my five-month-old daughter to go for a 30-minute swimming lesson was like a huge thing for me and I'd get really stressed out. And then I'd be the last one getting ready, changed back into her clothes. I just moved so slowly. I just, everything was such an effort. But like I said, I was in denial. I didn't tell anyone I was struggling. And on a subconscious level, I'm sure I probably couldn't accept that I was a personal trainer and nutritional therapist who is so much more health conscious than most people. And why did I have serious health problems? Why was I struggling? Um, so I just kept struggling on, thinking this is just how it is, and I must deal with it. My relationship with my husband nearly fell apart so many times because of how I felt, and very, very anxious about absolutely everything. Um, just which just causes so many problems. Pressed, tired, obviously, being a new mom. But you know, it's really hard when when you your partner doesn't understand, and you don't understand why you're feeling that way, and you don't actually know something's wrong. So it can be really hard. And I was in November, finally in November 2018, I admitted that I, I really wasn't coping. I was sort of intensely worried about what other people thought of me suddenly. My hair was falling out. It was really brittle. I was constipated, had insomnia. Um, my period stopped in, 2000, in October 2018. My skin was really, really dry, and I was freezing cold all the time, even if it wasn't that cold. And that just came on like really strongly suddenly like it felt like from one night to the next I just suddenly stopped sleeping and from one day to the next I just suddenly stopped going to the bathroom and it was really really scary so I yeah I finally sort of gave in and I went to have some blood tests done which I should have done years ago at a functional medicine clinic that we actually used for our own clients on Harley Street it's funny how you always put yourself last and you'll mm-hmm. get done for your clients and not for yourself. And I would always make excuses and think, oh, but it's too expensive and blah, blah, blah. And actually nothing's more important than your health because I was brought to my knees and I had to go home. Suddenly I had to go back to South Africa. So, yeah, it would have been better to just get the test done and prevent that. But anyway, so, um, so yeah, like I said, I went back to Cape Town get help from my family and the results came in from the test while I was in South Africa and surprisingly I was deficient in a few nutrients that I was actually already taking and I was already taking higher than the recommended daily allowance and that still wasn't enough for me as an individual Um, and that's why nutrition should be such an individual thing because you're so biochemically different as you know and so even my vitamin D, I was taking a high dose and it wasn't enough. My vitamin D was still low. And my immune markers were all over the place, indicating an overactive immune system. So, yeah, I was completely in- incapacitated. I lay basically lay on a bed for three weeks. I could hardly care for Raylan. My parents had to do everything for me, and I'm 31 years old, so 
I felt very, very ashamed and I really struggled with that. I really do struggle with letting people help me, which mm. is probably also <laughs> has led up to this because I always try and do everything myself. So I did um, drag myself to an endocrinologist and I had a whole lot of more blood tests done. I decided to test for thyroid antibodies and some other things. And the results came back and I was absolutely devastated to see that my body was producing roughly 15 times more um, TPO antibodies, so thyroid peroxidase antibodies, than it should. And my body was attacking my thyroid gland. So that, me- that meant I did have Hashimoto's disease, um, which is a low thyroid, so an underactive thyroid condition. But crucially, it's driven by the immune system, not by the gland itself. So it is an autoimmune condition. They're very, very different, but they still result in the symptoms of low thyroid. So, however, you'll be very surprised to know that that endocrinologist actually ignored my antibody result, which was completely out of range, just astronomically. And he told me that because my TSH, so my thyroid stimulating hormone, which I'll explain later, was within range, I say in inverted commas, he believed. I currently did not have a thyroid condition and I should wait six months until my results fell outside of the range, my TSH results, at which point he would put me on medication. So basically he told me, wait until your thyroid burns out and then he'll put me on lifelong medication. And so just to jump in here, because I know we'll go into more details about all this testing, but I think this is the typical kind of challenge that a lot of people come up against is they've got all these symptoms. It was very clear, you know, from everything you've described and how you were feeling that something was not right. Yeah. Nobody wants to take it seriously and nobody wants to help people be proactive instead of reactive. Exactly. And you actually feel like you're going crazy and like you're just being a victim. And it just perpetuates what I'd already been thinking for years. And it just makes you think there's something so wrong with me and I don't know what to do. And that's when it all came sort of flooding back to me because during my uh, three years of study to become a MT, a nutritional therapist, I developed a particular interest, funnily enough, in reading about hypothyroidism. (laughs) And I had read a number of books on the topic. And I think this was maybe because a lot of my PT clients actually had thyroid conditions because I had a lot of PT clients. I was seeing more than 40 a week. So I was working really silly numbers, which also would have not been good for my health. But because I was seeing such a large number of of people, I realized it's really common among women. And a lot of those women uh, still had symptoms despite taking thyroxin. So that's probably what prompted me to read sort of extra materials and books while I was studying. So yeah, I noticed the drugs didn't seem to be helping them. And the books all seemed to harp on about how doctors were ignoring um, patient symptoms and how normal ranges were in fact might not be normal ranges because the ranges are actually too broad and not properly researched ranges, not based on healthy thyroid function. So it was all a bit confusing at that time for me. And this, but it did explain that this meant a lot of people, mostly women, were misdiagnosed and left suffering with their symptoms. And when I was reading those books, I thought, oh, this is all a bit intense, maybe it's a bit exaggerated. But then when I became one of those women, I realized just how common this tragic situation is. Yeah, so the endocrinologist um, actually told me that he thought I was just depressed, which he's not qualified to say. And actually, it turns out hypothyroidism can cause depression and anxiety those are two very common symptoms which he didn't seem to know which is quite shocking and he said I should just go and see a psychiatrist and then it took coming all the way back to London and revisiting functional medicine clinic where they use ranges that are based on healthy thyroid function they don't use pathological ranges which I'll explain that confirmed that I do indeed have Hashimoto's which is the most common cause of hypothyroidism so in America, 90% of patients with low thyroid have Hashimoto's. I'm not sure what the numbers are in the UK. It seems to be difficult to get older than numbers. But if it's that in America, it's probably not far off. So, yeah, the problem that we have is that most doctors don't treat or even acknowledge Hashimoto's. Um, and that sort of 
where I want to jump in and help women. Many of my clients are looking for ways they can optimize their health through the power of food. I often supercharge their lifestyle with green tea to support them with everything from weight loss to hormonal balance to skin conditions to immune function. As a green tea lover myself, I love that Emerald Matcha is ceremonial grade and approved by the UK Organic Food Federation. Anna has always talked about the health benefits of green tea but I never really found one that I truly liked. After I tried a sample of Emerald Matcha's high-quality green tea, hand-picked from the very best farms in Japan, I thought, this is definitely a green tea I can get excited about. As a small business owner, it feels really great to support other small, family-owned businesses, and especially one with such a high emphasis on customer service. I'm so excited to bring green tea into my daily routines, as an antioxidant face mask for my skin, putting it into my smoothies, and making matcha vegan ice cream. Kombucha and Color are delighted to be partnering with Emerald Matcha Green Tea. Place your order and grab all the health benefits by searching for Emerald Matcha, that's Emerald Matcha, on amazon.co.uk. You can use the discount code kombucha15 for 15% off. I would say from experience, like sometimes I've worked with clients who've maybe got an underactive thyroid, but nobody's ever suggested that they have their antibodies tested. Or sometimes I'll send my clients either to the doctor or to use a Medichex panel to test their thyroid. And if they're going to the doctor, doctors only want to test T4, which is your inactive thyroid hormone, which needs to be converted to T3, which is the active thyroid hormone. So I think it's just very confusing for the average woman who's going through all of these symptoms, which is affecting your ability to function and think clearly to then wrap their head around actually getting the help that they need. So I would love just to kind of dive into now a little bit more of the, the practical side of things and maybe just run through like, what are people looking for? What do they need to be either asking their doctor for or asking for help, you know, from a functional medicine practitioner or a nutritional therapist? Like what do women need to be seeking out in terms of support and testing? Okay. Well, I think I'll start off with a brief overview of sort of what the thyroid and how it kind of works because I think that's essential so that you can understand. And then we can go into the hormones and the challenges that we unfortunately face when it comes to testing how we can get around those. So the thyroid gland is a butterfly-shaped gland and it stretches across your Adam's apple, so where the throat is. And hypothyroidism, so low thyroid function or underactive state, means that you will feel the cold more than others. And I'll go into some of the other symptoms. But hyper uh, refers to an overactive thyroid. I'm going to focus on hypo because it's more common. So super importantly, Hashimoto's is frighteningly common. Hypo-hypothyroidism. And like I said earlier, it is caused by a faulty immune system and not the gland itself. And Hashimoto's is what I have, like I said. So it's important to understand that glands, the glands in our bodies and the hormones they produce, cause actions to happen in our bodies. So they basically tell our bodies what to do. So they're very powerful in controlling how we feel and even in modulating our risk for disease. So some symptoms when thyroid hormones get confused, and this is not even an extensive list, are constipation, very low energy, hair loss or thinning hair, weight gain, insomnia, anxiety, depression, sensitivity to cold, dry skin, craving, amenorrhea, and then yeah, a lot more, but <laughs> I'll be talking for ages if I say all of them. And Often the um, hypothyroidism is preceded by PCOS where a woman's period stops and a few other things happen. And sometimes a overactive hyper state precedes the underactive state, and that's what happened to me. So I actually stopped, I was losing weight and I was just very, very anxious and I couldn't think straight. And, and then I went, then I crashed down into the hypo where I couldn't function at all. Let's see. So in terms of the going through some of the hormones, 
um, your, I'll give you an example of what how the thyroid works and what should happen in a normal body. Let's say you're feeling cold. Your pituitary gland, so in your brain, a little pea-sized um, organ at the base of the brain, it should send a message to your thyroid to produce TSH, which stands for thyroid stimulant hormone. And then that should allow your metabolism to increase to warm you up. And then your thyroid should produce thyroxine, like you mentioned earlier, which is T4. But this is the inactive form of thyroid. Like you said, it can't be used by the body. So that T4 then should be converted to T3, which is the active and usable form the body can use. But that doesn't always happen. <laughs> and that's where the problem comes in. And actually only 7% of the T4 is converted to T3 in um, the liver and the muscles and the heart and things like that. But then another 20% becomes active in the intestine, so in your gut, but crucially, only if you have sufficient healthy gut bacteria, so only if you have a healthy microbiota. And that is why your gut health is so important in, I would say, most diseases, but especially with hypothyroidism, because it can sometimes be what has caused it in the first place. And 20% is a big old bunch. <laughs> um, so, yeah. It's really important to look at your gut health always when you think you might have a thyroid issue. And any other issue probably too. Exactly, yeah. And any other autoimmune issue, yeah, most issues do, a lot of them do come from the gut, as you know, and from inflammation in the gut. But sometimes it's not as simple as just looking at TSH, which is what doctors do. So I went to the NHS first, which I kind of knew wasn't going to help, but <laughs> I'm always quite optimistic, so I thought I'll just try. Anyway, they would only test for TSH, even though I tried very hard to get them to understand that I needed them to test for more things than that, um, for more markers, but they wouldn't. And my TSH came back normal, so they said I was fine. So they looked me in the face, and they could see that I was, I was hardly coping and told me I was fine and sent me away which I kind of knew was going to happen from my studies and reading all those books. But anyway, it was worth a try. So it's not just all about TSH. Sometimes your body can, something else can be going on. So maybe you're not converting, for some reason, maybe you're not converting T4 to T3. Maybe there's a problem in your liver or your liver's congested and it's not healthy. It could, there's so many patterns that can go wrong. You might have low T3 for another reason, but you're not even going to see that because, won't be tested, especially, well, definitely not in the UK and definitely not in the NHS, in my experience, and in so many other women's experience. It's very complicated. Yeah, so that's just explaining. So we've gone over TSH, T4, and T3, some of the thyroid hormones that are really important to note. But then reverse T3, so that also should be tested for, but it's not commonly tested for. So some of the... So the T, T4 to T3 conversion, some of it gets converted to RT3, the reverse T3, which the body can't use at all. But a testing for it can give you insight into what's going on. Then post-conversion, the T3, so the active form, enters your body cells, and there it turns your genes on or to direct action. For example, warming up the body. So this is how powerful our hormones are. They can literally turn our genes on or off. So that is <laughs> quite scary. So what that means, though, is also very positive. What that means is that you can carry those genes all your life, but because you change your environment, the genes never turn on. So they never express themselves. So that's what power you have. So, yeah, you need to start looking into it before you're on your knees before you're really struggling, which is not what I did. So take the test is what you're saying. Yes. Or, or find someone to help you take the test. Yes. I really think, you know, at the time, like you said, you can't even think clearly. I think I got like six parking fines within, I don't know, like a month. I just couldn't. I couldn't remember anything. I could not think straight at all. And then you don't think rationally and you don't think I should go get tested. It's better to just... Go and look at your gut health. So I did a stool test with in vivo, which I highly recommend. Yes, I use them as well. Yeah. So as you know, really insightful. You get so many 
markers back. You can even see if, you, if there's something going on in your gut that could be predisposing you to autoimmune disease. You're looking for patterns in the results. You can see if you are developing a permeable gut, which means food particles and other things that shouldn't get out of the gut walls do get out and they start to aggravate your immune system. They shouldn't get out of the gut wall. So you can really start to see what's going on and stop it from happening. So I would say definitely get a, get a stool test and I used in vivo. I would say definitely get a comprehensive blood chemistry test. I did one um, with GC Biosciences up in the city and they give you 30, about 36 markers showing you um, some of your hormones, your cholesterol, loads of nutrients. And that was really helpful because, like I said, I discovered I was low in all these nutrients that are essential for thyroid function. So even if you manage to convince your doctor to give you a full thyroid panel, you still need to know what your gut is doing and you still need to know if you're deficient in, in nutrients because there are some nutrients, like for example, vitamin D and selenium and lots more, that you absolutely have to have enough of for your thyroid function. So this is really not a simple game. <laughs> um, but it's much more expensive if you don't spend the money now than if then you let it all just, when you collapse, then you've got, I couldn't work then, I couldn't do anything. So that's what I believe is the best thing to do and test yourself when you're feeling good, not when you're feeling bad. Um, I would also just like to um, put my yeah. two cents worth in there, which is um, obviously I haven't had the exact issues that you've had, but I've also had various issues with my health. And I've always held off doing the testing yeah. on myself because, oh, it's a lot of money and blah, blah, blah. But every time I have invested in a test, I have got so much helpful information from the test that it has literally helped to steer the course of my health decisions. Yes, it's just so insightful and we're so lucky to have these tools now, you know, and we can literally prevent diseases from happening and prevent genes that we have from being stressed. So I really think it's important. Yeah, and like I say, I really think that only testing for TSH is absolutely a model for failure and it's how so many women get missed and misdiagnosed and left struggling. Um, and I think it's a very archaic, strategy because thyroid research has revealed so much over the years that the testing methods haven't been the same, um, well, certainly within the NHS in the UK. And I'm not trying to bash the NHS here. I'm just, you know, I'm just saying their thyroid, the way that they go about thyroid um, conditions, it just it doesn't work. And I, I think it's because they're not specialists and how can they be expected to know everything i mean it's impossible as you can see just talking about how thyroid conditions work it's so complex you absolutely have to have a specialist you can't expect a gp to know all this information and definitely not in 10 minutes yeah exactly <laughs> and so tell us then about some of the changes that you've made you've 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 managed to track down the right people to get the right testing get some more clarity on nutrients that you needed to top up on, imbalances in the gut that you needed to address. What other changes have you made and how have these changes really changed and supported health for you? Auto, any kind of autoimmune disease um, and Hashimoto's, which is one of them, requires lifelong changes because there's a reason why you ended up in that place. And it's, you've got to approach it from every angle. So like you said, instead of messing around thinking, oh, well, I, I, I think I should take this, I think I'm deficient in this, I just went and, like you said, I just got the results. I made sure I went to a functional medicine clinic because the reason for that is because the ranges used by most doctors are pathological ranges. They come up with those ranges based on all the sick people that have been tested within the last year in that area. So you don't want to be measuring yourself against that range. You want to be measuring yourself against a healthy, functional thyroid range. So that's why it's absolutely, I, I absolutely wish I'd gone for functional testing sooner because then you don't get missed. Things don't get missed because of these massively broad ranges. 
So, yeah, so that was the first thing I did. Then I, then I just knew exactly what supplements I needed. And luckily, I have the knowledge to look at the test results and go, oh, okay, well, this is what I need to do. So for me, it was quite a quick process, and I didn't have to go and seek someone out to do that. And within, I'd say, probably about four weeks, I, I actually did feel like a different person. Like, it was just incredible. And it was just a few small tweaks that I'd made. I've been gluten-free for quite a number of years. But like I said, in my pregnancy, it started to creep back in and a bit postnatally. Then I stopped again. And then last year, 2018, I started to be a bit like just just that whole low self-esteem thing and all questioning. And I think questioning is good, but I was kind of questioning everything that I actually know to be true. And I'm not sure why I was doing that, but... I think a lot of it's people that are so, you know, they'll say things like, oh, gluten intolerance is just a load of rubbish. It doesn't exist. People who say that they're gluten intolerant are just, it's all in their head and so on. And then when you're faced with so many things like that, it's always good to to be open to another person's opinion. But when it starts to affect you like that, so then I started thinking, oh, well, maybe I will just have a, maybe I won't be so strict. Maybe I'm, being really restrictive and making a bad relationship with food here, which actually wasn't the case. But anyway, so then I had, so if we'd go to a Turkish or Lebanese restaurant, then I might have a little bit of the pizza bread, which I normally definitely wouldn't. Um, And yeah, just seeing little things creeping in. And surprise, surprise, November 2018 was when I absolutely crashed. Um, And I'm not saying it was only the gluten, but I know that it it did fairly well. And then when I went home, I cut that out and I got my results back and I rested a lot, rested a lot. And then I took the supplements that I actually needed. And like I said, I could suddenly function from absolutely not being able to function at all. Four weeks later, I was functioning again completely normally. And I I wouldn't say I was like in my best health. This was January 2018. But... I was like night and day, really, you know. And I think now what I really need to continue working on is stopping this pressure that I put on myself all the time and stressing myself out and feeling feelings of guilt and feelings of, oh, but I can't juggle all of this and just doing less where I can and just not trying to be perfect is so important because obviously you know that stress causes inflammation, and we know that inflammation can cause a permeable gut or a leaky gut or something. And then particles can escape from your gut, like we said earlier, and start to aggravate your immune system. And that can be where it will start. Not always the case, but it, it often is. I really have to learn that I am worthy to enjoy my life. I deserve to enjoy my life. <laughs> like, I don't need to wake up in the morning holding my breath and going, oh, my goodness, I have to go through this whole to-do list this day it's got to all be done and blah 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 and going through my day like that it's just not what we were designed for it's not what we were made to do and we don't deserve that and I think when as a woman when you have low self-worth which a lot of it I think comes from my childhood and what happened there and I don't hold any grudges or anything it's taught me a lot but it's really hard to change what's hardwired into your brain and I think having a, a very, I found my childhood really stressful and I think having all that stress couldn't have been good or, you know, it, it had the potential to alter my gut bacteria right from a young age. It could, it could have, you know, you don't know. But yeah, so uh, to get to your question, sorry, I'm just saying run and all this information coming out. Yeah, it's, it's getting, the, getting the testing, getting on the right supplements completely cutting out gluten and and literally nothing no traces so what that means is even things like my my favorite sushi restaurant so sticks and sushi in Wimbledon I thought whenever I was going there in the past that I wasn't eating any gluten and um (laughs) I quickly learned that you should never assume because I asked them when we went there in January 2018 and I've been going there for years if there was gluten in um some of the dishes and it's basically almost the whole menu so for example even their um charged tender stem broccoli which i used to really love 
it's coated in soy sauce that contains gluten. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, even their duck rice paper rolls, the duck is marinated for 24 hours in a sauce that contains gluten. So it's literally, it's, you would look at that food and think there's no way there's gluten in that, and there is. So there's now only a few things I can eat when I go, when I go there, which was, at first was a bit of a shock, but, you know, it's fine. I can still eat. <laughs> I'm not complaining. I can just basically eat loads of sashimi, which is my favorite thing anyway. But, yeah, it's just shocking. And then, like I said, just really need, I need to keep working on feelings of self-worth, stopping and breathing, like actually breathing, stop holding my breath, stop putting pressure on, learn to rest when I need to rest and don't feel guilty about it. And I, I also need to work on the people around me understanding my condition. They have to understand it. Otherwise, there's going to be big problems. <laughs> yeah. I really resonate with so much of that. And um, that's essentially why I created my Grounded Goddess program is because similar to you, I was finding that like you can work on the physical side with people and you can work on the nutritional side with people. But ultimately, if there's a toxic environment inside because of the thoughts that we're thinking and the belief systems that we're holding onto and the unprocessed stresses and traumas of the past... Mm-hmm. It's it's like swimming against the tide. So we really want to be changing that inside. And that's usually the, the most difficult piece of it all. It is the most difficult. And I think that piece I was leaving in the closet for another day. And I always knew that I needed to get that, but I just was in denial. I was in denial. It was too hard for me. I probably should have got help for anxiety and depression like years ago, but I just, I couldn't face up to it. I just, I always busied myself so much that there wasn't any way that I could fit anything else in. Definitely nothing that involved helping me. So, yeah, like even allowing myself to just read a book, you know, I wouldn't let myself do that. I would just work constantly. And yeah. so I'm doing that. And I'm currently reading a book called 10% Human by Alana Collins. And the subtitle is How Your Body's Microbes Hold the Key to Health and happiness and I, I highly recommend the book but in the book you learn about how your gut microbes actually affect uh, your brain and your mood and even have the power to make us behave in certain ways so I knew about the gut brain access access and how your brain and your gut communicate with each other which is only really coming out recently in the research but yeah we learned a lot about that when we were studying, uh, but I didn't really fully understand that it can actually direct you to behave in a certain way. So your gut bacteria might be what's making you anxious. Yeah. Which is something to wrap your head around. So there's even some research mentioned about how we may even choose our partners based on their microbiota because we can smell it on their skin. Um, so you, I think it, I think, in the book, it says you go for something similar to yourself, I think. But it has made me think in a different way. And I did think to myself, you know, if you are born to an anxious and depressed mother and you get her microbiota, so you're born um, vaginally and you breastfed, so you get the bacteria from her, could that mean that you might struggle with anxiety and depression because you've taken on her gut microbiota? And I'm not... I, I agree that it's good to, be, to have a normal delivery. I had my daughter normal naturally and to breastfeed. I fully agree with that. But you also have to consider these other things, which is if your mom is not in great health and her gut is not in great health, which I don't think my mom's was because she also struggled a lot with anxiety, really badly. I don't think she's ever admitted it. But, yeah could that be passed on to to the child? So this is something I really want to research. So I'll have to come back to you with my findings. <laughs> haven't done enough. <laughs> but I think it's, it does come with a strong argument for working on your health prenatally or even preconceptually. 
And I often work with a lot of clients and then at some point in our relationship, they'll fall pregnant and they'll ask me, what what should I do for pregnancy? And my first bit of advice is always, you know, look after your gut because your baby will inherit your gut platform. Just, you know, be kind to yourself and manage stress as best as possible because we know that that hormonally can also program the stress axis of the baby. Exactly. Yes, that's right. And I think, yeah, I have nothing against my parents and I know they did their best like every parent does. But I think, yeah, if you, I think my mom was very anxious and stressed out when she was pregnant and afterwards. And I don't think that you just pick up the behavior and it's a learned behavior and it's passed down in the gene. I do, I like I say, I do believe that some of it comes through the gut bacteria. There's a reason why the baby's head is faced, not trying to be gross here, but the baby's head is faced towards the anus and will inhale the actual stool because most women defecate in space for a reason. Child mm. needs to have that gut bacteria, but the mom is supposed to be healthy. So, like you said, you know, really working on the gut beforehand before falling pregnant. And something that you said really resonated with me as well. And it is you were talking about your clients and how it really doesn't matter how healthy you eat if you allow yourself to become anxious and stressed after all the time, most of the time, the stress will override the diet. It will not matter how healthy it is. Yeah. and you'll end up with poor gut function you might, and that is often caused by the stress and then you might not actually absorb those nutrients of all those health foods that you eat or you're out of shape gut bugs like mine were <laughs> won't help you get the nutrients like I said and there's a bit to help you get them. So Georgia is there anything that you just wanted to mention as we wrap up today? I did just want to mention there is a site now, which I think is really great. I think it's called MediCheck. Um, yes, I use MediCheck with my clients. Yeah, and this is really great because what they're doing is they're providing a solution for women that can't get the help they need from their doctors. And you can go online and order more like a proper thyroid panel and it's actually really affordable. So I would look at that for getting, a, for getting the thyroid um, picture done. And I should mention where people can follow me. Yes, of course. Please do. (laughs) Because I am on a mission to change the situation that women, I say women, men do have thyroid problems and Hashimoto's too, but it's more common in women. And I mostly work with women. So I am on a mission to to help women with this issue. So um, that's, that's literally where I'm directing everything now. So all my posts are directed on that to help women so i'm most active on instagram you can find me at um beyond balance or one word i'm also on facebook as beyond balance and i have a website which is beyond balance.co.uk i also regularly do complimentary classes at wetipixi and workshops at neom as part of my ambassadorship role with them so those are held in wimbledon and welcome to come and my next workshop will be all about thyroid and how I've healed mine and continue to do so, where I'll also be doing demos of exercise that you can do that won't stress your body out and make your symptoms And how to be also gonna I'm also gonna um, show you how to build a smoothie, a proper balanced smoothie that can help your condition that you can have every day. And yeah, I basically take my massive smoothie <laughs> making machine into the and show you how to do it. And so I'll, I think I'll put an event like link up on Instagram about that if you want to. I also have a Tuesday class in Wimbledon called For a Store, and it's all about building a functional waist and pelvic floor for women because that's also where the medical community assumptions it's hard to get help there with that. So, yeah, and that's sort of. Another thing that's a real dream of mine, and I don't know, it, it more depends on if there's a demand, is for developing an online program for showing women how they can exercise in an effective, but non-stressful way to avoid increasing um, the risk of developing an autoimmune disease or just to make yourself stressed out. Because if you already have a busy, stressy life, you shouldn't be doing intense, stressy exercise. But if there's a demand for that, um, I would really like to start creating that online program that women can use 
from home or from the gym. Um, so I might put a link up on my website perhaps where people can sign up um, if they wanted to pilot. I might just do a pilot program to see what the feedback is. That all sounds amazing. So and uh, we'll get some links from you and those will be added into the show notes so people can find all those amazing things. Thank you so much, Georgia, for giving up your time today and um, sharing a little bit more about thyroid health. I'm sure that your story is going to resonate with a lot of people and help some people too. Yeah, great. Thank you so much. That's exactly what my dream is. Um, so thank you for allowing me to spread that message and that there is hope <laughs> for women that are struggling. You just need to hold on and it will get better and you just need to speak out and people that can help you. Awesome. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Kombucha and Color. If you have enjoyed or been inspired by our conversations today, please leave a five-star review on Stitcher or iTunes. Don't forget to share with friends and family. This will help other women find inspiration to live life bright. We'd love to connect with you on social media. Come find me, Shay, by searching Shay Dyer Yoga on Facebook or Instagram. You can find me, Anna, by searching Anna Marsh on Facebook or Instagram. And remember, you can always refer to the links in the show notes. See you next week. Hi, it's Shay here. Take a moment right now to reflect on how you measure a successful day for yourself. For a long time, I measured the success of my day based on the number of Instagram likes or followers I gained, the money I made, or the amount of love or praise I received. Whilst these are wonderful things to desire, using them as a metric of success left me feeling really depleted. It was only after some honest soul searching that I've truly shifted my metrics so that now I define my success on whether I'm able to answer yes to the following three questions. Have I moved my body today? Have I breathed or sat in stillness today? Have I created something today? Move, breathe, create. When I focus on these as measures of a successful day, I am able to really slow down, get out of the busyness of my head, back into my body, and manifest things from a really authentic place. What's even crazier is that when I focus on these three things, all the other shiny pennies, the money, the praise, the followers, the likes, they all flow into my life with such ease as a result of me being in an energized, calm, creative, and aligned state. It's completely changed my outlook on life, and it's made me a much happier person. I really want to share all my tools with you so that you too can manifest the things you want in your life from this energized, calm, creative, and aligned state and feel really happy whilst doing it. Come and join me at movebreathecreate.com where you will find ways to energize your body and calm your mind along with creative tutorials and techniques to get you into that creative manifesting state. Most yoga studio monthly memberships cost upwards of £100 a month and you can join me over at movebreathecreate.com where you can find not only yoga practices and tutorials but also workbook downloads, community, meditations, soul work, journal ideas, creative prompts, and inspiration, all for less than £10 a month. It's like your own personal yoga retreat space. Come connect back to your body, mind, and soul with me at movebreathecreate.com. I look forward to seeing you inside of the community.